Well, hey, church family, welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Omar, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And today, we are at our downtown campus. Specifically, I'm underneath the worship center. And so it may be a little, it's a little dusty in here. It's a little hot. You may see me sweat a little bit, and you may hear some noises from the construction going on. Uh, But we are in the midst of renovating and restoring this amazing facility. And it's going great so far. Hopefully, we'll be opening next year, and uh, we can see this building in the heart of downtown Miami reach people for Christ. And the reason we've been able to continue just restor- uh, restoring this building, it's because of your faithful giving. And so thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, listen, what you're, what you, when you give, you not only impact people today here in Miami, but for generations to come. And so thank you so much for all that you do. Well, today's a big day because today we're starting a brand new series called The Perfect Selfie. That we've been going through the book of Colossians chapter 3, and so we're going to be looking at certain Christ-like qualities that God wants us to put on in our own life. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3, and wherever you find yourself, just follow along with me. This is what it says. It says this. It's a scene that you have put off the old self, right? That person who you were before Christ with its practices and have put on the new self, in your new walk with Christ, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and here they are, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You know, like I said earlier, we are in the beautiful and historic downtown campus. And one of the things that's just fascinating about this building is that when the builders began to build it back in 1926, almost 100 years ago, yeah, 100 years ago, they not only envisioned a building that would be strong and would be able to to stand the test of time, but also a building that could expand with a congregation that could put on new parts as the building grew. And so because of it, listen, they instilled in in the heart of this building these huge, massive pillars of raw steel. And folks, these, these pillars are critical because they not only provide strength, but they also provide the internal integrity, the structural integrity of this building. You see, everything about these pillars, listen, it causes everything in this building to rise and fall. And because those builders build these pillars super strong, Listen, throughout the years, since the year 1926, they've been able to expand this building and as the congregation grew, and we have seen thousands upon thousands of people come here, worship God, come to know Him as Savior, and we have seen this building be used to reach Miami for Christ. And so we are just so blessed to be able to worship and to serve the Lord in this amazing facility. But family, listen, do not miss the point. Do not miss the point here. Because the only reason that this building has withstood the test of time and has been able to expand through the years is because of these strong pillars. You see, if these pillars uh, were weak, uh, you would see this building weaken and eventually crumble all around us. Now, family, let me just bring all of that over to our image, to our, to our time together today, because folks, what an image of the internal pillars of who we are in Christ. 
And by that I mean that just like it was critical for these pillars to be strong, not only for this building to last, but also to expand and put on more through the years. Listen, just like that, and here's the big idea as we start this brand new series. I said, the Lord desires for you and for me to build on our Christian life and to put on ourselves things like compassion, things like kindness, humility, uh, meekness, love, forgiveness, all these different things that we're going to be talking about in this series. But folks, that can only happen if the internal pillars of who we are in Christ, of our identity in Christ, if they're strong. Otherwise, if they're weak, listen, you will see your walk with the Lord begin to weaken and eventually crumble all around you. And who knows? Maybe you are a point in your life right now that as you look in your life, you're starting to see your life with Christ weaken. And you're just starting to see certain areas of your life crumble. And you're asking yourself, Pastor, what is those internal pillars of my walk with Christ? What are those pillars? And how can I be sure that they are strong in my life. Well, we're going to find out from Colossians chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3. And today I have three thoughts for you today on what are those internal pillars of your identity in the Lord. Write this down as point number one. The first pillar is that you are chosen by God. You're chosen by God. In fact, let's go to the passage for today for, for, to start off. Listen to what it says. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Now, folks, pause right there for just a moment. Because as we kick off this, this series, notice that right off the bat, there is a clear command for us to put all these Christ-like qualities, all these Christ-like characteristics. But here's what's interesting. As Paul starts this portion of Scripture, he could have easily just go, given us a command to put on the new self and then go straight into all these qualities like compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. But notice, before Paul goes into listing all these qualities, it's almost like he stops for a moment and he wants to remind us the three, the three key things of who we are in Christ or the three pillars of our relationship with the Lord. And here's why. Because his goal here is that if, if we are able to truly understand who we are in Christ, then that would in turn motivate us to put on all these different things. Now, now family, let me just repeat that because it's so critical that you understand this before, as we start this new series. Paul's goal here in giving us these three things that we are in Christ, the three pillars of our identity in Christ, is so that once we understand who we are in the Lord, that, that that would in turn motivate us to put in all these things like compassionate hearts, humility, meekness, and so forth. And so the first thing that he reminds us, the first thing that he reminds us is that what? We are chosen, that we are chosen. Now, in your Bible, just go ahead and mark or underline the word chosen. Because the word chosen there in the original Greek text, uh, you know, we always like to remind you that the Bible is first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. Where well, the word here for chosen is the word eklektos, eklektos, 
which interestingly is the, the, the word church, when you see the word church in scripture, it's actually a derivative of this word eklektos. You know, the word eklektos means uh, to choose or to pick something out. And then the, the word uh, for the church, which is ecclesia, means uh, the called out ones or the people of God that God has called out to assemble before him. And so this, this concept of being chosen of, of eklektos or ecclesia it's not only seen in the Old Testament, but it's also seen in the New Testament. And so family, listen, the first thing that God wants to be sure that every believer understands deep in their hearts is that they've been chosen by him, that, he, that they have been chosen by God. In fact, listen to the tender words of the Lord back in the Old Testament. Listen to how it starts in Deuteronomy chapter seven. He says this, it says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. And the Lord your God has what? Has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Don't you love that? For his treasured possession out of all the people on the face of the earth. In other words, the Lord out of everyone on earth, he chose his people to be his, to be his treasured possession. And then listen to what Ephesians chapter 1 says in the New Testament. It says this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he, what? Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And so notice, before the foundations of the world, before Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before in the beginning, God had already chosen the people who would be his. And here is why he chose certain people. Write this down a smaller a. It was not because of how good you are. Instead, write this down as letter B, it's because of God's purpose and his grace. In fact, listen to how Ephesians chapter 1 continues. Listen to what it says carefully. It says, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his what? According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. So notice, the reason that the Lord chose you out of all the people on the face of the earth is not because you were so good. It's not because you were so obedient. Uh, it's not because you were so talented. Uh, it's not because you were so moral. In fact, Scripture says the opposite, where we are, we are immoral, sinful people apart from the Lord. But rather, it was simply because of his grace and his unmerited favor towards your life. In fact, listen to what God then says in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 7. He says this. It says, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all people, but it is because the Lord loves you. And in other words, listen, there was nothing special about the people of God that led God to choose them. It was simply because of his, of his love, his grace, his mercy, and his sovereign will and sovereign purposes. Now, I know when we talk about this whole thing of God choosing us, 
this plays with our minds a little bit, right? Because we live in a world that we are used to be chosen based on our talents, based on our abilities, based on our accomplishments. You know, I remember going back to my school days. Uh, I remember that in middle school and high school, there was a basketball court out in the parking lot. So we, during PE, we used to go out there and we had nothing else to do but play, pick up basketball games. So normally there would be two people who would be chosen as captains, usually the best players. And here's what would take place. They would stand in, in front of a row of all the boys and then they would alternate and they would pick from the best players available to the worst players available. And family, as you would imagine, listen, I was towards the end, right? I was one of the last ones. Why? Listen, I was a chubby little kid with no talent. I mean, right? So I was always one of the, the last ones chosen. But this whole concept, so, so what? They were choosing based on abilities, based on what they could do. And, and, and even, in, even in the corporate world, even the way that we hi, uh, corporations hire people, it's all based on their qualifications, right? An employer will choose someone based on their talents, on their abilities, on their experience. So we live in a world where everything that's chosen is basically based on something that they're talented at or some sort of gifting or ability. But folks, when it comes to the Lord, it's actually the opposite of that. He doesn't choose us based on our talents or abilities or what we can do. Instead, he chooses us due to his sovereign purposes and his grace towards us. Now, as you process this whole concept of being chosen by God, listen, I think it's healthy for you to process it and think through it. But as you do, I want to encourage you, listen, do not reject the thought that God has chosen you. Because unfortunately, I've seen so many people throughout the years wrestle and, and, and think through this to such a degree that they get to a point that because they can't reconcile everything perfectly in their mind yet, that because they can't do that, they completely say, they reject that complete thought and they never stop and experience what a beautiful thing it is to, to know that we are chosen by God. So be sure that as you process, and one day, listen, we're going to dive deeper into it and we're going to talk about all this, but for right now, just process it. Don't reject it and just think what a beautiful thing it is that I've been chosen by God. So that's a, that's a first pillar. Here's a second pillar that Paul reminds us. Write this down as big number two. Second one is that you are, that you are set apart by God. You're set apart by God. Now let's go to the back, back to the passage. Let's do what it says. It says, it says, put on then the new self as God's chosen ones. And what's the second thing? Holy. Now in your Bible, go ahead and mark the word holy if, if you can. Because when the people hear the word holy, I think people sometimes they think of high church or something very elite religious, of the, of the elite religious. And, and, and so many people think of stained glass windows and robes and just very holy things. But when you see the word holy there in scripture, listen, it simply means to be set apart, specifically to be set apart for a specific purpose. So the idea here is that when God chose you out of all the people on the face of the world, listen, when he chose you, he then set you apart for a specific purpose. Now, the question you're probably having is, well, Pastor Omar, what is that purpose? What am I set apart for? Well, write this down at small letter A. Listen, we, you are set apart 
for a relationship with him. A relationship. Now, listen again to what Ephesians chapter 1 says. It says, in love, he predestined us for what? For adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. So notice the first thing that he set us apart for is for a father-son, a father-daughter relationship with, 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 with God. Now, keep in mind, every single person is a creation of God, but not everyone is a child of God. See, there's a common misconception in society that everyone is a child of God. Listen, everyone's a creation of God, but not everyone's a child of God. See, this is why John chapter 1 says the following. Listen to what it says. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, notice, he gave the right to what? To become the children of God. Not that they were already, but to become the children of God. And, and so the first thing that God wants to, re to remind you is that you've been set apart so that you can have a special father-son, father-daughter, this, this close fatherly relationship with their heavenly father. But folks, not only were you set apart for a, this amazing relationship with God in this context as a father, but also write this down as letter B, you were set apart for obedience towards him. Now, family, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, because listen to how he begins his letter uh, in, in that book. Listen to what he says. It says, Peter, right, because Peter's writing here, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, who have been what? Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit or the setting apart of the Spirit. And notice, to be what? Here's the key to be obedient to Jesus Christ. So notice that the reason that the Spirit of God set you apart is so that you would then walk in obedience before the Lord. And family, here's, let's get really practical for a moment and, and very real for just a, a, few, a few moments here. Because the Lord has chosen us, the Lord has chosen you, set you apart, Yet some of us may still be living in that adulterous relationship. You know, the Lord has set you apart, but some of us may still be living in pure sexual lives. The Lord has set you apart, but somehow you've been holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness in your heart. The Lord has set you apart, yet you refuse to honor the Lord with your finances. The Lord has set you apart, yet you still are addicted to certain things. You are still gossiping about things. You still refuse to serve the Lord in any capacity. And so here's what's sad. Out of all the people on the face of the earth, the Lord chose you. He set you apart. He set you apart then for a father-son, father-daughter relationship with you. And then some of us may still be refusing to obey him. And folks, listen, when, when we encourage you here at Christ Fellowship as pastors, as leaders, to walk in obedience to the Lord, to live honoring marriages, to live with your spouse in a certain way, uh, to, 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 to honor the Lord uh, at work, with your finances, with your children, to serve here at church, 
Listen, we're not telling you so that we can, we don't want you to serve just so that you, or do anything or walk in obedience just because the pastor's telling you or asking you. Listen, my hope, my encouragement is that you want to obey the Lord in every area in your life because he set you apart. See, he, and here's the, the, the beauty of it. The Lord, if you think about it, the Lord did not choose you and set you apart because you obeyed. Instead, quite the opposite. See, the Lord chose you and set you apart so that you would obey. See, the, 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 the difference is small here, but the, the implications are, are, are huge. Because false teaching will tell you this. You have to obey. You have to do good. You have to be moral in, other, in order for God to choose you, in order for God to set you apart, in order for God to love you. Listen, that is false teaching. But when you see in Scripture, the gospel teaches us, okay, that because God chose you, because he set you apart, now walk in obedience. Go free and walk in obedience and do not sin anymore. You see the difference? That is the gospel. That is the good news. That because of what God has done at the cross, dying for us of the sins, he's chosen us, he loves us, he does all these things for us. Now, my son, now, my daughter, you go walk in obedience. See, that is such a critical aspect of God's message for you. And so if the first pillar is that we've been chosen by God, the second pillar is that we have been set apart by God, here's the third pillar. Write this down as big number three. It is that you are loved by God. You're loved by God. Now let's go to the passage back, uh, to the passage again. Listen to what it says. It says, put on then as God's chosen, chosen, uh, chosen ones, first pillar, holy, second, and then what's the third? Beloved. Now, circle or mark the word beloved right there in your Bible. Because the question that many people may have when they read the, the when, they, when they see, when they see the word beloved, that they are loved by God, is that, may, that their question is, well, how is being loved by God any motivation for me to obey? I mean, after all, God loves all people, right? He loves all people. So, so, so why is being loved by God a motivation for, for me to put on compassion, kindness, all these different things. And here it is. Write this down as, as small letter A. It's because you are loved with a fatherly love, with a fatherly love. In fact, listen to what 1 John chapter 3 says. It says this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. Now notice, notice that verse carefully, folks. See what kind of love. See, there's a special type of love that God has for his children, and that is of a fatherly love. In fact, I mean, let me just give you a brief example, illustration, so to help you understand the difference between fatherly love and a general love. You know, whenever I walk into on the weekends, uh, back when we're in physical, we have our physical campus is open, whenever I walk into CF Kids, and there is a moment, right, where I see all the children there at CF Kids, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? I mean, every time that you see those little ones, 
there's something in you that you just love those little children, right? There's an, a general affection for all the children that you see. They're just so, they're so cute and, and, and so innocent. And there's something so beautiful of seeing these children. So I have a general love for them. But folks, the moment that I set my eyes on my daughter, Camila, listen, when the moment I set my eyes on that little girl, there is a special fatherly love that I have for her. Listen, I may love all the children and see of kids with a general affection for them, but church family, make no mistake about it. When it comes to my little girl, there's a special fatherly love that I have for her. Sure, God, and folks, it's the same way with God. Listen, sure, God loves all people, right, because they are their, his creation. They're made in his image. Uh, for, God so loved that, for, God, for God so loved the world, right? So he has a love for people. But folks, when he sets his eyes on his children, there's a special fatherly love towards us. And so I know that many of your parents are resonating with this because you can identify with it. Just like that, listen, when God looks down upon us, Again, he may love all people, but there's a special fatherly love to those who've cried out to him, and he's adopted them as her sons and daughter. So, so not only uh, does God love us with a fatherly love, write this down as not letter B, he also loves us with a covenantal love, with a covenantal love. See, just like God has a special fatherly love towards us, he also has a love for us as his bride. You know, Scripture talks about how the church is the bride of Christ. And so when the Lord looks down upon us, again, yes, he has love for everyone, but there's a special love that he has for his church. In fact, let me just give you a, a similar example uh, to the one I just gave you. You know, when I walk into church and there's ladies in the room, right, whether they're younger or, the, or old, you know, there's a general affection that I have for them, right? Because they're sisters in Christ. I love them, you know, as part of who we are as a church. You know, there's, there's a love for the ladies that, who are part of our church family. But folks, the moment that my wife Ashley walks into the room and I lay my eyes on her, listen, there is a different type of love. Because when we got married, listen, at that altar, I made a covenant with my, with my bride. And so even though, listen, I may, have a, I may care and love all my sisters in Christ here at church, listen, whenever I see my bride, there's a special love that I have for her that's very unique compared to all the other uh, relationships that I have in my life, right? Because she is my bride. And family, the same thing is with God. Listen, the Lord loves all people. But when he sets his eyes on his bride, there's a special covenantal love that he has with his church. You see, family, I, I believe that the, the primary reason, listen carefully because this can help you understand a little bit of why God created us the way we, we are. I believe that the primary reason that the Lord has allowed us to experience the joy of having children and the joy of getting married so that we could better understand God's love for us. Because just think about it for just a moment. God 
didn't have to give us the ability to procreate, right? He, from the beginning, could have just created more and more people. Just like he created Adam and Eve, he could have created all of us, right, himself. But he gave us a special, unique ability to procreate ourselves, right, and be able to have children of our own. Why? So that we are able to understand what a, what a fatherly, a motherly love is. In the same way with being getting married. Listen, God could have easily not created the concept of marriage. You know, God was the one who created the covenant, this thing called marriage. Because really, God could have created us, and we would just be just individual people living life. But he, he created this special relationship of a husband and wife. Why? So that we could understand the type of love that God loves us as, uh, towards us as his bride. So you see, God has given us these two special relationships in life, which are interesting enough, the most important relationships in our life, so that we could better understand what kind of special love God has for us. And so let me end with this. You know, in the process of, of, of this whole restoration um, of, you know, in the process of this whole restoration of this building, we realized that a lot of the pillars, when we started digging up and really looking, a lot of these pillars underneath the ground were actually gotten very weak throughout the years. And so part of the restoration, part of what we're doing here at, at Christ Fellowship downtown is not completely historically renovating everything and making a brand new children's wings and everything that's going to, that's going to take place. But we are also decided to dig up all these different pillars and reinforce the bottom of the pillars to ensure that this building could be used for the next 100 years and reach new generations for Christ. And family, listen, just like we are kind of re, uh, you know, re-strengthening these pillars you know, sometimes the child of God needs to remind ourselves and strengthen the inner pillars of who we are in Christ. You know, for some of us, listen, we have never heard of these things, of who we are in Christ. And I'm glad you're listening to it because it helps you strengthen and understand more who you are in the Lord. But for some of us, we've heard these things before. But somewhere along the line, listen, we have forgotten these things. And so it's good for us to, for a moment, and just think and just meditate. And in many ways, Restrengthen just like these pillars, restrengthens and remind ourselves of who we are in Christ because only and only if we're able to strengthen and know who we are in Christ, then we can go on with this series and put on things like compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, love, all these different things. Why? Because now we're secured who we are and we're motivated to put all these different things, all right? So let me pray for us and then we'll be concluded. Father God, we Thank you so much for how good you are to us. And my Lord, as we saw in Scripture today, Father, we are just humbled and blessed that we have been chosen by you, set apart by you, and loved by us, and loved by you. And so, Father, I pray for all of us together as a church, individually and collectively. Father, I pray that we, at this week that we would meditate on these truths and that we would strengthen our trust in you and just think what an amazing thing it is to be called your children. So Father, bless us, Lord, and continue to lead us as we move forward. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. But your family, hey, listen, before you go, wait a second, I wanna just remind you of something really quick. As you all know, here in Miami, we are beginning to ramp, it's the, the COVID-19 
a virus is, is, is ramping up and it's going towards a peak. And so there's a lot of people in our city that are suffering, a lot of people who are concerned, a lot of people who are fearful. And so we knew that as a church, we've prayed before, but it's time to go to the Lord together again and pray. And so I want to encourage you this Wednesday night at 8 p.m., tune in to all of our, to our website and our social media outlets. You can both tune in, gather the family together, and we're going to spend a very special time of just going before the Lord and praying for all the, for the people who are suffering right now and their families. We're going to be praying for people who are in the front lines, and we're going to be praying for protection over city and our church family, all right? So this Wednesday night at 8 p.m., make sure to tune in, and, uh, and let's go to the Lord together and lift up our city in prayer. All right, Christ Fellowship, I love you all. See you Wednesday night.